listening to the All Focus and Grit Breakaway Roping Podcast, where we provide you a roadmap to success both inside and outside the arena. Here are your hosts, Breakaway Ropers, Dreamers, and Goal Setters, Jennifer Casey, Cody Fuller, and Dusty Crenshaw. Welcome to episode number three of All Focus and Grit podcast about breakaway roping. Last time we talked a lot about where we want the sport of breakaway going and why we're all here. So today, and I think as our webcast or our website and our podcast and everything, the whole purpose of it is to provide you guys a roadmap of how to get to where you want to go. So today we're talking about goal setting and what that looks like for you and how that looks like different but for the breakaway roper that's just beginning or returning to the sport to somebody that's roping at a high level. So we have broken it down into five areas that we're going to talk about. Evaluating where you're at, deciding where you want to go, write it down and tell somebody, and create an action plan. Thank you to Fuller Chiropractic for supporting the all-focus and great breakaway roping. Fuller Chiropractic is where exceptional chiropractic care is offered for the entire family and is located in Walla Walla, Washington. So I know goal setting has been a huge, uh, huge part of roping for me since high school, since before high school. I've always set goals and come up with action plans, even if we probably didn't know the, I didn't know the names of those things. How for you guys have you used goal setting in your roping or is there anything that sticks out specifically in your minds about breakaway roping and goal setting and how it's helped you achieve your goals? Well, um, first off, like, so actually, as I went through high school, college, I never really set specific goals. My goals were like, oh, I'm going to rope every day this summer kind of thing. Um, but then there has been a difference. Like now, so I had to start a new horse just like a year and a half ago. And so for the last year, year and a half, um, it's been, my goals have been focused on my horse, which I was okay with. And it did make a huge difference. I had like specific goals, what I needed to do with my horse. Like he was really green. So I'm like, okay, well, what I really need to work on, you know, for this time or this next rodeo is maybe breaking more to the pin or getting him to stand in the box better. So that did, it did make a huge difference when I started to set those little goals. Awesome. How about you, Dusty? Um, well, it's funny when we were talking about trying to prepare for this podcast today, it was fun listening and, and kind of brainstorming of how my goals have changed over the years. Um, as a kid, I was very fortunate to have um, my dad, who actually was a football and wrestling coach. And so I learned at a very young age how to set goals. And um, when I was in high school, I remember you know, my goal was I wanted to win the state breakaway and become the state breakaway champion. And honestly, my motivation for that was I wanted to wear one of those awesome jackets that they give to everybody to go to nationals. <laughs> well, they were uh, cool looking. They, they were. were. <laughs> like, that was like, that was like every time, like, I would like get up and I would be doing something. That was my vision. I know it sounds kind of quirky, but it was something that kept me going all the time because I wanted to wear that jacket. And <clears throat> so... Honestly, as a high school girl, I would jog every day. I would rope the dummy 50 to 100 times. I honestly rode my horse every single day, whether it was practicing breakaway roping or just actually riding him bareback and 
um, getting him exercise. I was very, very focused. And, um, and it turned out that at the state high school finals rodeo, I was the high call back and I remember being pretty nervous and I had, um, one of my really good buddies, John Hagler, he, before I even, you know, got back in the box, he basically told me, don't up. <laughs> <So>, uh, <laughs> of course the nerves started and then as and as it was getting closer and closer to my turn the the gals that had roped in front of me they all caught and they they were sitting really really good so I backed up into the box and of course I had lots of nerves and I, but I was really trying to focus in on the calf and right next to me was one of those rodeo dads. You know, those rodeo dads that absolutely want the best for you and for everybody. And I'm pretty sure he was a a lot more nervous than I was because he kept fidgeting with my horse, fidgeting with my leg and saying, come on, come on, you got this. And for me, I had never had anybody in the box with me before. Like my horse, like I said, he was a good solid horse. All I had to do is turn around and, and focus and do my job. And so I literally probably spent 15 minutes fidgeting on that horse. It felt like I was in there forever. I walked my horse forward, walked my horse backwards, and then the rodeo dad would be like, come on, and then got out of my head, so I'd rock my horse forward and walk my horse backwards. And luckily, once I finally got really focused in on that calf, um, the calf darted off to the right, and I was able to, to rope him, and I ended up winning the, the state high school finals rodeo that year. And... Honestly, I, it all comes down and boils down to that muscle memory I had. It was all of the homework that I had done before getting to the competition. It was roping the dummy a hundred or 50 times a day. It was jogging. It was practicing. It was riding my horse every day, whether it was, um, you know, practicing the breakaway roping or just riding in bareback with a halter and, and just having that, um, that focused in order to accomplish it. And like that, that muscle memory, that practicing every day, it's a huge thing. I do too. I think that that muscle memory is what we're going to talk about because it's what gets us through those times when we are nervous, when we can't think straight because we are going to puke because, you know, we're so nervous or, um, or you're so exhausted. exhausted. Yeah. Or like and, late oh. night slack where you're right. cold and you're tired and you're like, okay, you know what? I just want to go home. Right. I don't even care to rope my last clap. <laughs> yeah. But you got to <laughs> have, yeah, you got to have that to get you through. Right. Course. And that's one of my goals for this year's end or what, where I'm at that in writing the goal is I'm in that evaluation process of um, these breakaway ropings have went from an hour to they're nine, 12 hour ropings and at all hours of the day before and after you're driving. So it can be exhausting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think it's going to take a change on our part, but going back to that muscle memory, if we write the goals and one of the things we're going to talk to about at the end of the day is our action plan. What are we going to do every day to create that muscle memory in ourselves and in our horse so that we can get over these obstacles? So that's huge. Um, And I think it changes. I mean, Like we were talking earlier before we did this podcast, all three of us have had that that old go-to horse where you knew all you had to do is back in the box and, and you were only having to worry about yourself. And Cody, Jennifer, and I are all in this new season where we have um, younger horses, their rookie year, or maybe they've gone one or two years. And it's not all about just making sure you're doing your job, but you really got to make sure your horse is doing their job as well. And and part of that too is the same thing, building that muscle memory so your horse knows what to do. That's 
a really good point because when you're at different stages, so when you have your old trusty horses, your goal setting can be really all about yourself, which is amazing. That's the that's when you win <laughs> the most. Or you don't have to worry setting, about uh, maintaining your horse. Yeah, maintaining right. your horse and right. then making goals for yourself, like for your roping. But when you have those younger horses too, your goals your goals completely change. Your goals are more focused on well, I got to get my horse to work first. If he's not working good, I'm not going to be able to focus on myself. So there's there's all kinds of different ways you can set goals. A year ago, my horse was my goal was to not fall off my horse when she jumps the barrier, <laughs> and that was the second year of that goal. Right. So, I mean, you know, it's 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 huge. But I'll have you know, even though she set that little goal there, she still won a lot. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that's it's huge, um, and I think that goes back to our first part of our goal setting is evaluating where you're at currently, um, how that looks for you. Is it that my horse needs to be more consistent? Is it the fact that I struggle on slow cattle or I struggle on fast cattle on short scores or on long scores or rope barriers or electric eye barriers? Um, or And how do you evaluate yourself? How do you guys evaluate where you're at currently? So, Or how have you evaluated yourself in the past, I guess, would be another question. I do, so I grew up roping, my dad is the one that taught me how to rope, well, both my parents, my mom did too, and so I usually go back to someone that has seen me rope throughout (laughs) the years, they know my weaknesses, they know what I struggle with, they know what I need to work on, and I can say, hey, what do you think is going on with my horse, what can I do Um, that way, and then what am I doing, because a lot of times I'll think that I am doing everything right and I'm like why am I missing what is going on (laughs) and then my dad or um good friend that has watched me grow up and rope Kelsey Felton he'll be like why why are you sitting on your butt like you know or something simple like your tip is not down I'm like yes it is they're like no it is not so you go back to that's what I do I go back to people that have watched me rope throughout the years if I can't figure it out myself that's awesome I have those same, you know, my family, my mom and my dad have taught me to rope. But many times there's also been a video camera involved. Mm -hmm. I remember being in high school because I argue with them about the fact that X, Y, or Z is going on. So that's when the video has come into effect and they're like, see, look at this. And you're like, oh. Yeah, when you can see it yourself, it's it's a whole different, yeah, you see it way differently. (laughs) You see it way differently. Oh, yeah, to piggyback on what Jennifer said, that videotaping yourself is so powerful and having a good set of eyes yourself and and somebody else that knows the industry of breakaway roping or um, understands how your horse position should be and how your rope swing should be and um, it uses the same lingo as you right I mean, that's huge. <laughs> yes. right yeah and so you can have these conversations either internally with yourself as you're watching the video or with somebody that you know, knows where you're at, knows where you should be and, and have those conversations to get yourself better. Like honest conversations. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Not like, Oh, you're doing great. when you're actually, you know, hanging on your horse's head, um, like I might've been doing uh, in Texas. So funny thing is, is, um, you know, I, I had this, like I said, I had this awesome horse growing up and, and I didn't ever have to worry much about my horse and the position. He just did it, took me there. And then after, um, that horse um, he got retired. I rode my brother's calf-roping horses, and same thing. I didn't have to think about where that horse needed to be and the position. And now I am on a, a, a green horse where every single thing I do matters. You know, I am teaching him his job. 
And, and the video camera has been huge. I've asked so many questions. I've, I've done my research. I've went to YouTube and, and, and watched the greats, um, breakaway calves and, and looked and saw where their horse position is and how they're handling their, their left hand, you know, in the box and, and not wiggling it. So it's a nice solid start. Um, and I know Jennifer, we just talked earlier about this. Um, she's done the same thing with her, her new mare. She had a horse named Scribbles. That was awesome. And like Cody and I were saying, she would show up to a rodeo and, and it was money every time. He, well, he would only go so far. But he, his first three strides were so powerful that people would often think, oh, she draws so good or she always draws a good calf. But I think that's where horsepower comes into effect is the fact that his first three strides were very strong. He wasn't going to go any further than that. Um, so I had to reach. But... Um, he was consistent in what he did. I don't know how many runs I saw of yours, and they were exactly the same. Exactly the Literally same. Literally exactly the same <laughs> Calf run. would go right, calf would go left, calf would go slow, calf yeah. would run hard. There's that was flying out there and just boom, right over the head. There was always lots of separation. <laughs> right. So, Jennifer, you, you were talking earlier about how you're getting your mare right now and what kind of homework you've done to get your mare to where she is at currently. So what have you done? Um, a lot of things, <laughs> a lot of hair pulling out. Um, like I said, you know, a year ago she was, I took her to Redmond and I thought my, the barrier jumping was over and take her to the Redmond to the pro rodeo. What does she do? But jump the barrier, you know? So it's been a lot of up, a huge up and downs with her. Um, being consistent in what I do with her every day has been huge. I go, I ride with different people. I do lots of videos. Um, a lot with her was, she was super broke, but super not not broken how I needed her to be. Um, her headset wasn't correct, so we I did a lot of work with that. Um, getting her her front feet taken care of, I think, was huge, and um, just getting her in a spot where I can rope on her consistently. And she's went from a mare that I wouldn't if you didn't ride her every day, something was going to go on where I haven't roped on her two weeks. We'll see how she does this afternoon, but I'm not as worried about it as I would have been a year ago. So, and she's so different than any horse I've ever ridden because she would rather, when I first got her, pass him on the left. And we've worked and worked and worked on that. And so I've always ridden the horses that were short where you really had to ride them. So I've had to ask a lot of different people on help to get her to where she's needed to be. So yeah. she, she just hopefully keeps improving. <laughs> and I think like kind of related to that, I think it's a good point that, you know, Jennifer has done... She's roped her whole life, and she's had a lot of success. But when she needs help, she's humble enough to ask for help. So don't be afraid to ask the people around you for help if you are struggling with something. And I think that's a big thing. Some people are afraid to ask for help or just Having don't want right to look stupid or help. something right. like that. Yeah. Um, I've watched a lot of videos of my old horse and then asked for help from certain people that I respect what they have to say. Yeah, you want to respect what they have to say. You don't want just some Because lots of people will offer you help or will be like, oh, yeah. that's okay. Oh, you're fine. Oh, that looks so good. I'm like, uh, uh, <laughs> Why am I still a 2.9 and not a 2 flat? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it has to be someone that you really trust their opinion because everyone does have different ideas and what yeah. works for them may not work for you. So. And that's the beauty about learning. Um, that's something my, my dad taught me as a kid. He's like, listen to what everybody has to say and pick out what works for you. Because what somebody has to say today may not work for you at that time, 
but you know, four or five years down the road, you know, things change and you may be like, Oh yeah, I remember that time that person said to do X, Y, and Z and it's still in your memory bank. So again, pick out the stuff, make it work for you. And then the stuff that doesn't work, you know, you just got to let it go. Um, And sometimes too. So if you have picked out what does work for you, write it down because Mm -hmm. it's, you don't think you're going to forget, but you might forget and you get in a slump and you're like, what? What am I doing? And it might be that thing you just kind of forgot about and forgot to keep working on. Right. And people will tend to have the same thing. If multiple people are telling you the same thing, then you're like, oh, I guess I need to work on that. Right. <laughs> but I had the same thing. My, you know, When I was going to rope in Basin City at the arena there, everybody had an opinion. And um, I think knowing who you should listen to is huge and who you shouldn't listen to. Um, not shouldn't listen to, but like you said, not listen to right now. Right. I have that a lot. Um, they're like, oh, well, you just need it. And I'm like, mm, yeah, no, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> Thanks, but no. <laughs> so how do you evaluate where you're currently at? So I think for the roper, you um, that's listening to this podcast, I think you need to look at where you are yourself as a roper and where your horse is. And just be, you know, do you look over, this is a really good time of year to look over your videos from a year ago or last fall where you ended and be with a not no filters just very clear very honest and see if you can see any patterns in your roping is your horse consistently are your cattle how i can see it easily is are people's that cattle consistently go right or consistently go left um, my mare will pop a lot of cattle to the right or hopefully she is we're, we're working on that right i don't want her doing that yeah you want them to come right but you don't need every cattle to go up you know or do you always feel like you're drawing the fast calf? Because you're not always drawing the fast calf. <laughs> Something's right. going on to right. make you feel like you're right. always drawing the fast calf. Right. Um, or am I consistently late? Or am I consistently two inches off the barrier? Because two inches in breakaway roping is late. Right. Yeah. Don't right. let calf ropers tell you different. Or team <laughs> ropers. <laughs> so. Right. Right, yeah, and evaluating. And, and if you're brand new to breakaway roping and you're not sure what to evaluate yet, Get with somebody that's done it. Um, find somebody that you can pick their brains and ask questions, um, you know, and, and find that mentor for you. Um, and, you know, same thing with seasoned uh, breakaway ropers. Find somebody that mentor you. So, yes, um, evaluating where you're at is huge. Um, another thing to look at, and I know I'm doing this, is, you know, do you do better on roped barriers or electric eye barriers? Mm. Well, yeah, because a lot of the... Big jackpots yep. have electric eyes now. <laughs> and so you got to learn then how to uh, read the score on that because it's tough. It's, it's different. Tough. It's a different, yeah, ball game if you've never done it before. So so first you're evaluating where you're, where you're at. And then the second part of goal setting that we're going to talk about is deciding where you want to go. First you need to think big picture, like five, ten years. And then I like to think a year at a time. And then also... A month at a time is how I kind of break it down for myself of um, goal setting. How about you guys? How does that look for you guys? Well, I usually just do year at a time. This is what I want to get done this year. And mine aren't even, mine are never even big ones. Like I know Dusty talked about how her goal that kept her driving and what worked for her was that she wanted to year, win that year in. For me, um, my goal is always kind of like, I want to win as much as possible. <laughs> but usually, and especially lately, it's been these smaller goals because I kind of had to start all over. And um, 
So I usually pick, you know, one or two things. This is what I'm immediately going to work on and go from there. And I think that's huge. Piggyback on what Cody said is you can't set a goal that says, I want to be a good breakaway roper. Because what does that mean? What is the final, like, I've achieved it? Uh, Is it maybe I caught my first calf? Or is it that I entered five rodeos and caught three out of the five? Um, What are your goals for it? You know, one of, you know, my goals, especially during the summertime and you get to rodeoing really hard and you're hitting five or six or seven rodeos every weekend and you're like, oh my goodness, one more, uh, is to have that year end. Do you want to make it to the year end finals? Do you, do you want to win that saddle at that association? So those are those long-term goals. In between getting to um, the, the end of the long-term goals, you have to have those those milestones, whether it's you know roping the dummy every day with a, a faster speed rope, like Cody was talking a little bit, and you know making sure your horse is in, you know, practicing for your horse every day. So I think, yes, I think that's very, and that goes back to evaluating where you're at mm-hmm. so that you can, I think it's easier to write the year-long goal down Um, I want to win this much money. Maybe I want to enter my first jackpot. Maybe I want to get back into the practice pen once a week. Um, That's easier, I think, than the after you've evaluated yourself and come back and said, okay, for myself, I need to rope the bale every day or I need to move my body through space. So those are the harder ones. I think that you need more help writing those. So the third part is writing it down, and it kind of goes right into this. you need to write your goal down. I like the acronym SMART goals, that they're specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and that there's a time frame. So I think the specific is what we're going with. Who or what or where or when or which or why. And that's what I have written down. <laughs> uh, I think that specific is, say, I want, you know, specific in that I need my horse to break to the cattle or because um, you want to write it in the positive um, that it's measurable you know do I want to make sure that if I'm doing my shoulder exercises three days a week um, or that I'm going to be able to do my shoulder exercises and go from currently I'm at five reps to ten reps of my shoulder exercises I think measurable and I think attainable is huge you know um, attainable for what you where you are at now because if you set something unattainable for yourself I think you should dream big yeah dream big dream big but don't overwhelm yourself (laughs) exactly (laughs) right because if you say to somebody I'm gonna rope the bell 50 times a day they're gonna just walk by the rock they're gonna walk on but that you're gonna pick your rope up every day and do something I think Mm -hmm. you know where you got to be honest where you're at and how much time you have on your hands, too. I think that's mm-hmm. huge. Mm-hmm. Time and how much energy you have. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the second part of this is telling somebody or having an accountability partner is huge. And I think that's where we're at with this podcast part, that we can help you guys be your accountability partner. But I think you need to write it down. Um, I have a notebook that I write everything down in or on your phone. Or I've posted something on my mirror that I put my contacts on, so I look at it every day. So I write it down every day. <laughs> And then that you tell people about it so that you're not in it alone. So I can say, no, Dusty, we really need to enter these three rodeos because of your goal. (laughs) Remember the goal you set? (laughs) I remember. (laughs) 
And mind you, it's not necessarily just the rodeoing part that's hard. Because when back when um, pre kids, like going to five or six or seven rodeos, it was like awesome and fun and like no stress. But you add a now seven year old and a four year old daughter into the mix, and it gets you know that's a lot, lot, lot of rodeoing happening with two little kids. And not that they absolutely they love would, it. They would love to go. It's just <laughs> then they get tired. Right? <laughs> You're excited to go. They are excited to go. And it's the packing the clothes, packing the food, and, and then. It, but yeah, like you know, just having that goal and saying this is where I want to achieve greatness. And so when it does get you know, um, weary and tiresome, you're still focused you still have that grit and you're like, we got this and we can do this. We can achieve great things. And you know, that's the, the difference between, you know, having a mediocre life and having a great life is achieving those goals. And, and then, yeah. yeah. And I think it's important to set goals that are realistic also in the way of like what Dustin was talking about, you know, sometimes getting to the rodeo is stressful, but also there's a lot like, like us three, and then a lot of you out there that are, you know, you're working professionals, and so you can't get to every Tuesday slack or something like that. So mm-hmm. don't, you know, stress yourself out and say, I got to get to every single WPRA that is out there. But, These are my goals. But yes, oh shoot, I still have to make money so I can pay my fees. So it's like, don't stress yourself out that way. Just make yes. realistic goals of like, okay, I'm going to get to this many of them. And I've done, I mean, I think that's huge, right? Because I've spent a lot of time since we've been back from Texas um, trying to look at the schedule and say, okay, how am I going to set my goals that I can make life work Mm -hmm. and not be so sick and from being so tired Mm -hmm. from, you know, and, and, you know, because you're working eight to 10 hour days, driving an hour back and forth to work, when are you going to get to practice? Right. right. Are you going to get to ride your horse? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, and in our situation right now, it is uh, middle of March, towards the end of March, and we still have snow. Snow on the ground. <laughs> Not a little snow either. No, it's, it's just sitting there, just hanging out. <laughs> right. So, yeah, so doing those little things like roping the dummy every day, eating healthy, um, working out, and, and keeping that focus drive. So Yeah, so even if you're prevented from getting to ride your horse that day, at least rope the dummy, pick up your rope, something like that, you know, and then you feel like, okay, I'm still working towards my goal, even though something else is preventing me from doing them all. So now we've evaluated where we're at. We've set our goals. We've made them, um, measurable, attainable, realistic, and we've set a time frame for them. And now we're going to create an action plan. And this is our last step. And I think this is what we've kind of been leading into. What are we going to do every day, every week or every month? to be able to reach our goals or milestones, I think is another term that we've kind of used here. So do you guys want to share some ideas that you guys have? Um, I think if we will maybe throw out different ideas of things that you might might work for you at home to be able to do every day, some things that we do or just some different ideas of some things that we've done in the past to get us to where we're at. I'd say probably the number one thing that shouldn't be skipped no matter what level of roping you are, ro- roper you are at is rope the dummy you are able to just focus on your arm swing you take out a lot of variables and you can work on that muscle memory so when you get on that horse you know you're not thinking about swinging your rope you're thinking about where that calf's at and reading the calf and reading your horse so you take out one of those variables by roping the dummy every day I I think that's huge and I think it's something that we all can do no matter what because I have it set up so that no matter if it's snowing, if it's wet, 
um, if it's light or it's dark, I can pick up my rope and rope the dummy. It might only be three times if I'm super exhausted and tired, or it might be 10, or if it's really a good day, I can set up three dummies and do a kind of a drill, but that rope is picked up every day. No excuses. Something that I'm going to try to do, and I do a little bit now, but I want to do this every day, is visualization. It's huge. Mm-hmm. So, so one of my goals for this year um, is really getting my rope going, the rope speed. And so if I, if I visualize that every day, it makes it way easier for me. For whatever reason, it, it works. It makes a huge difference. Um, I remember my dad telling me back in the day, he said he was stuck on the, he's a logger. So he was stuck on the skitter all summer. He didn't get to run one practice steer all summer. And he said he won the most in the bulldogging that year because he would sit on that skitter and visualize his runs. And he said he won the most he'd ever won that summer. Yeah awesome yeah so practicing with a purpose and having that visual is huge yes um i think another thing is moving your body through space and what that looks like for you or where you're at um whether it's um walking 10 minutes are you at your desk all day and i can take the stairs up and down to work if i might park at the furthest um parking back so i have to walk an extra five minutes Um, can I get out for my lunch and walk around the block or am I stuck at my desk? I can just get up and do 10 squats every hour. You know, what does that moving your body through space? You know, if you have a, if you have the opportunity, um, you know, you're walking, you're jogging. Um, I'm not a big proponent of running because of what it does to our bodies, but we'll talk about that more. Or can you work on your core strength? Can you work on your shoulder exercises? Where are you at with your fitness and how your body moves through space? Because that, totally impacts how we relate to our horse and how our roping is is so I think that's another huge one yeah you're exactly right breakaway ropers you are athletes you you need to train your body and and feed your body like a true athlete you want to feel strong so putting the right foods in your body that's going to make you feel your head clear feel strong and you know making sure you're physically fit so drink your water. That could be a great goal, a daily task. You know, okay, figure out, you know, that you're drinking 50% of your body weight in ounces of water. Um, Most people should drink at least 60, 100 ounces, you know, uh, every day of water. Yeah, and set like a certain amount of days a week that you're going to do whatever it is that makes you feel physically fit. Whether it's yoga or, yeah. Whatever it it is, is. (laughs) pick it out. Pick that one thing for you. Do it. And do it. And either do it every day or set in a certain a certain amount of days a week to do that and if you're not an exercise person just do one percent better one percent better the next day one thing one thing I think that's the whole piece of it Um, looking at your nutrition plan and what you're eating and picking one thing better to eat than where you're at Um, same thing for your horse figuring out where their fitness level is at and how you can make improvements on that how you can make improvements on your horsemanship Um, Do you need to do certain drills every day or every time you ride your horse? Um, You know, rate drills or stop drills or sometimes what they're called or flexibility drills or headset drills or um, tying your horse, you know, uh, tying your horse's head down, you know, how they give to the bit. So I think that kind of goes back to that evaluation and seeing where you're at and having the people around you or the knowledge to take that one step further for that. Um, and then drills for you for your coordination is another thing that we could talk about and as we move through this but I think we can talk a lot about coordination drills for our body eye hand coordination drills I think Mm -hmm. would be another huge one 
Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So those are all things that one thing, hopefully out of this pool of ideas, you guys can pick one thing to try. Right. So roping the dummy, um, eating healthy, uh, exercising. And I know for me, um, one of my action plans is to get my horse to get to his spot faster because he's, he's not, um, he, he's working better, but just to continue to grow where he's at. And, and how do, how am I going to do that is, is basically roping a dummy, having somebody pull a dummy in front of you. So whether you're, you're working on yourself or you're working on a green horse, just slowing it down so they can get to that spot every single time is huge. And a lot of times too, um, to not overwhelm yourself because sometimes when you get to thinking about it too much. So mm-hmm. this in no way is to get you guys to think about, like overthink things. Mm-hmm. One thing. But a lot one of times thing. if you pick one thing, whether it be in your run, whatever it is, there's usually one thing that pulls your whole run together. Mm-hmm. If you focus on that one time and that one thing in that run, it might everything else just seems to follow. Right. Oh, exactly right. So... All summer long, the fastest I could ever be on my horse was a 2.6. So here I am getting ready to head down to Texas where everybody's roping a 2 flat. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, like, this is, like, how am I going to get him over there? The one thing that I had to do differently is control my left hand. So what I was doing was I was angling my horse um, too far inside of the, the pin there. And as soon as I nodded, I would lift with my left hand to pull him back tighter, and which obviously lifted up his front end. And then he would drop his right shoulder and, and, and break wide. So, of course, he couldn't get crossed over any faster. So just that one little thing, that one little change, got me from roping a 2.6 to two twos. I mean, just, just like that fast. And all it was is one little simple little thing that evaluating, asking questions, and, and videotaping myself that made a huge change. So, like Cody said, it, it doesn't have to be, like, so overwhelming like oh my gosh it's just making sure you figure out what that one thing is and practicing it correctly yeah and then once you get that down and if you want to keep working on things you need you know then pick another one thing yes exactly so we've talked today about goal setting so you're going to after you listen to this podcast you're going to the four pieces that we've kind of outlined are you're going to evaluate where you're at decide where you want to go you're going to write it down and tell somebody or have an accountability partner and you're going to create this action plan. And I think the main thing is this action plan is going to be one thing. So what we are proposing to do is we're going to have a 21-day challenge that we're going to do on our social media pages. So find us on Instagram and Facebook under All Focus and Grit. And we will be sharing them on our personal accounts. And we will do a everyday one-day check-in. Um, we'll post what we're doing. And then as you guys come up with the one thing for you... If you guys could post and kind of get involved with us and share with what your one thing is and give us other ideas, because I think it's huge. Yeah, just have a bank of what what you're working on and a bank where other people can look and say, oh my gosh, that's such a great idea. I want to do that same thing. Yeah, it's a great way. You then have built-in accountability partners. Exactly. Right. And one thing um, with this whole goal setting is if you get um, 1% better every single day in 100 days, you're 100% better. So, and that's huge. Huge. I like that. I like that. That's a good, that's a really good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't it be great to be 100% better? (laughs) (laughs) In 100 days, right? It's just just focusing. Yeah. But I've talked to a lot of people about that, Mm -hmm. you know, just because we talk about it and they get so overwhelmed and it's one thing. Right. 
1% better. There's no just, way you can do it every single day. Like work on everything every day or. Oh yeah. That yeah. just makes things worse. <laughs> yeah. it, does. it gets in your mind. Yeah. <laughs> so check out our uh, social media pages. I'll focus and grit. We will share our one thing that we're going to be doing every day and we'll love to see pictures and you guys are going to share yours and then you guys will tune back in. Yeah. Don't be afraid to share your guys' pictures. Yes, for sure. So thank you guys. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the All Focus and Grit Breakaway Roping Podcast. Dream big and rope sharp. sharp.